0: You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the show where we take a wander around the week in... Apple, Apple News, Reviews, Technology, Associated Products and all sorts of other things that catch our eye. This is another episode of The Essential Apple Podcast. Hello again and welcome to this week's show. Uh, I'm joined this week by Nick. Hello Nick. Hi Simon, how are you? Oh, not too bad, not too bad. Um. We've still got snow on the ground here. We haven't had any snowed for about three days at the start of the week, and we had ended up with about four inches of snow, which then froze, and all the pavements became treacherous sheets of ice. Um, <laughs> yes, And it's yes, gradually we've, got, sort we've of had
1: moving, but very slowly. Yeah, we've had uh, we've had we had some. Uh... We only had a very light dusting of snow near the beginning of the week. And uh, like you just said, it's sort of frozen for the rest of the week. But I've just just asked um, the, the A lady what the temperature was. And she said, it's two degrees. So that's the warmest it's been for about five days. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's good. Definitely.
0: It's... I don't know what the temperature is here. The snow is not so much melting as kind of gradually evaporating. So it's, no, it's not <laughs> yes. like any water. It's still because it froze and, you know, more snow and then froze and more snow. It's, what there is is like big hard clumps, Lumps. great yeah. big clumps everywhere. And all the pavements, yeah, they're cl- gradually clearing. But for about three days where people trampled it down into ice they were literally yes. sheets of ice pavements were... oh
1: that's the worst thing I, I remember a few years ago I was um, I used to try and get out to, to walk at a other lunchtime when I worked in Coventry and there was a I've probably told said this story before uh, there was a uh, there's a graveyard on London Road um, which was just by where I was working quite well, a big one uh, and quite a historic one. It's a Victorian graveyard with lots of, uh, it's also a, they call it a, an arboretum as well. It's got lots of trees from all over the place. In it. nice place to walk over lunchtime. It's quiet. And um, I went out for a walk one day uh, and we'd had that kind of weather. We'd had it had frozen and then we'd had snow. And um, I was walking up the road to get to this place. And uh, there was a, uh, like a drain that ran across the road with like a drain, you know, a slatted drain cover over it. And that had frozen and you couldn't see anymore. And it was covered in snow. Uh, And I I had one of those legs up in the air moments where you go uh. clattering backwards. Uh, Fortunately, I was well padded. i would got a big woolly coat on and I was wearing a woolly hat as well because I hit my head a bit when I landed. Um, So much so that someone passing on the other side in a car stopped and opened the door and said, are you okay?" So, uh, so, uh, yeah, that was nasty. (laughs) Yeah. When, when your feet go from under you and you've just got no choice, you know.
0: Yeah, well actually what was it yesterday, Friday? Don't remember. Me and the boy were gonna walk down to the um co op at the bottom of our street, get a bottle of wine and whatnot, you know, a loaf of bread. And um we came out of the house and I said to him, Watch out for the watch out for the ice, Joe and he said, Yeah, it's all right, it's not too bad and then promptly went straight over. Oh
1: dear. <laughs> Luckily, you know not so well, bad. When, not, not well, so bad when they're young.
0: <laughs> One minute he was upright, and the next minute I looked, you know, and he was flat on his back. Luckily, he yeah, managed not you. to hurt himself. And then uh, well, actually, further, then further down, we, we went to the shop, and we come back, and um, he stepped on a icy patch, and he was doing that sort of um, Danny Kay, uh, you know, oh, yeah. forward <laughs> dance, because his feet would... How he didn't go over that time, I do not know. He, he suddenly, his feet suddenly went and he was like frantically running on the spot trying to regain his balance. Luckily, he didn't go th- over. The good
1: thing about, yeah, the good thing about young people on the whole, I mean, obviously not in all cases, um, is that they bounce a bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're a bit more, they're a bit Gosh, more As you get older, you bounce enough. less. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I remember, a, I remember us. Uh... This is going back a long time when I used to I used to run a youth club down at church and um, they were doing something on stage. So we got a stage at church. It's hardly used now, sadly, uh, but it must be five foot up off the off the floor of the hall that it's in. Um, and we were doing something and one, one of the lads, who was always a little bit too clumsy, literally just sort of went head first off this thing. And I'd got visions of ambulances oh, and broken gee, oh necks. And, oh, and he just sort of dusted himself off and said, I'm all right, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> the bounciness of youth.
0: Indeed, I do. Um, I do remember one time one of our uh, one of the uh pantomimes, there, local pantomime, you know, but, um, yes, Amdram pantomime. Yeah, where somebody managed to uh, during a dance number. I think they tripped and went headfirst into the orchestra pit. Oh dear! <laughs> uh, no one appeared to be hurt. Yeah. He... But, uh... Yeah, you don't want to be doing that. <laughs> Falling on the orchestra is not recommended. No, there we go.
1: Certainly not. Uh, Sorry, I'm a... obviously in a very, uh, in a very sort of uh, <laughs> tangent mood today. I seem to have. I was taking this about half an hour to start because I've gone off at a wild tangent. It's more like an hour, actually. Again. <laughs> Never mind. That's you know, we're talking about some
0: interesting thing bits and pieces. Anyway, um so we'll we'll have a look at some stories, shall we? Nick, um not yeah, let's do vast that. not a vast number of stories this week, I must admit. Um the first one I've got from the Mac Observer is Apple Ads activation lock web page with tools for users. Um which is when I read this, I thought, "Oh, yes, great, brilliant, about time." Um because um, I'm surprised they didn't do this before, but basically, I, don't, I guess you're familiar with the activation lock. Um, your i you know your iOS devices are activation locked to to you. Um, yes. And if you um, manage to get yourself in trouble, you can actually find yourself completely locked out of your device, um, and getting back into it is extremely difficult. And um, so Apple have now added um an activation lock web page which allows you, for example, to uh turn off the activation lock um if you you know if you're going to gift or um sell your device. Um and it provides a, a link apparently to Apple support to request that they disable uh activation lock for you if you uh if you can't.
1: Um so so what's what's the difference? So previously when I've sold devices, I've just Set, reset them to factory settings.
0: Um is this different to that or uh partly because if you um I mean the point of activation lock is to make it so that if somebody steals your phone and then attempts to reset yes. it, it won't activate unless you, you know, use your Apple ID, if I recall. Oh right. right,
1: is this something fairly new? No, no.
0: It's it's been on for the several years um oh right normally if you reset your device what well, i think you'll find it'll ask you to turn off find my device which i think temporarily uh, turns right. off the activation lock but um it, it's a good feature what it means is if somebody steals your phone and doesn't have your um credentials even it's if, a you, brick. if even if you reset the device it will just keep yeah. saying you need to activate this device um Right, gotcha. But it can, in certain circumstances, it like if you forget your, um, you know, if you manage to forget your uh, Apple ID password or um, like my daughter managed to do, which she had two-factor authentication on and broke mm-hmm. one of her devices. And then when she right. tried to do something with her phone, it wanted her to unlock it. And of course she couldn't because it was saying you need to verify on another device. Uh, right, yeah. And she couldn't yeah. remember how to sign into her app Apple ID, and she couldn't d- verify with another device, so she was stuck, and she had to um, speak to Apple, and uh, it it took quite a long time because they wanted, you know, a whole host of proof of ID and proof of, you know, ownership and all the sort. and of. They did sort it out for her in the end, but it took about a month. Um, oh right. So they have now um, given you the option to turn off um, the activation lock yourself. Um, right from
1: your account, effectively.
0: Yes. Uh... Excellent. As it says here, activation lock is a feature on iPhones, iPads and iPod touches to keep devices secure in the event they get lost or stolen. It means that even if you remotely erase your device, the thief would is would be unable to reactivate it under a different Apple ID. Um, there are times you, where you wish to disable the activation, like lock, such as if you sell or gift your device. Um, this webpage lets you do that and provides a link to Apple support. Um, if you need Apple support to do it, you will have to give them proof that you are my device um... The device must not be in lost mode, and Apple cannot unlock a managed device. In other words, to prevent people getting around their enterprise management. Yeah. Um, if yeah, Apple yeah. if Apple disables activation lock on your behalf, all your data will be permanently erased. So they basically probably just scrub the device um, and start mm-hmm. again. But there you go. Um, but you can now do it for yourself. And uh, cool. You obviously, yeah. I don't think it would help my daughter too much. <laughs> it, it, but. No. Um, there you go. It it's uh, it's one of those things that sometimes gets people in trouble if they're not um, aware of what they're doing. There you go. Mm. So, and I'm slightly surprised it's taken Apple, but as long as it has to get round to doing that. But there you go. Um, yeah. Apple obviously released um Mac OS Big Sur 11.2.1 um earlier in the week, which um apparently was to fix a problem with some MacBook Pros. Not charging, um, apparently, but also, yes, I... yeah, go on. Sorry, Nick,
1: yeah. I was, I was just going to say that in the sl- Slack room, I, I just ne- commented on the number of times it re well, I don't know whether it restarted for five or six times, but it certainly went my screen went blank five or six times while it was updating, just seemed to be quite a lot to me.
0: Um, well, it's also uh come to light that, um, as well as doing that, there is it contains a patch. Or um a vulnerability known as Baron Samdi, named after the Voodoo god. Um uh, which Samdi Saturday. Yes, it's Baron yeah. Saturday, yeah. Um it's spelt weird, it's spelt Samedit, I think. But that's probably because uh, it uh, right. comes from probably comes from the Creole. Anyway, um yeah. apparently uh there was a vulnerability uh, which permits full system takeover by remote attackers
1: or malware. Um, you attackers oh. or
0: malware would first have to use other methods to gain access to the Mac.
1: Um. Oh, okay. It's another one of these where if, you, <laughs> if someone else has got your Mac, you're in trouble. Well,
0: partly, but the the main problem with this is there was a flaw in the sudo command. Ah, um, uh, okay, which, which effect- is quite important. Yes, which affected all. Um, so this is not particularly an Apple thing. This is a you know a Nix um core vulnerability. Um. Which allowed um, the use of sudo by some slightly convoluted means to escalate their privileges, because non-admin users can't can't use sudo. If you're a yeah yeah, yeah that's right. You have to have a um, admin to, to do it. But this apparently allowed you to um, force some kind of, uh, if you know what you're doing, to force some kind of uh, buffer overflow, which then allows you to yeah. elevate the sudo and uh, give yourself root privileges.
1: Um, well, which... that sort of sort of explains why it restarted so many times then, because if it was doing some fairly um, oh, low-level changes. I suspect, changes. There is,
0: yes. So um, 11.2.1 not only fixes a few minor bugs, but it fixes a fairly um, serious um, vulnerability. wild, it sounds. Um... No, it was um, a security uh, guy discovered it and reported it, I believe. Yeah, it says, uh, around... it says in the article that it was yeah.
1: fixed for Linux originally.
0: Yes. Um, App was fixed a severe security flaw which threatened all supported versions of Mac OS one week after the flaw was publicly disclosed. Um, apparently, uh, most Linuxers fixed it before it was disclosed. Whether that was easier for them to do or not, I don't know. Um, But there you go. Also, there were security updates for um, Catalina and Mojave, who, I assume, fix that problem as well.
1: Oh, jolly good. Glad to see they're still supporting the uh, slightly older operating systems.
0: Yep. Um, If you're on High Sierra... Um, might be time to think about moving on, as I think Apple have. Um,
1: yeah, my the, issuing... my my Mac at church is on High Sierra, although it, in all honesty, it doesn't have anything very um sensitive on it. It's mostly just you know services and things. And
0: yeah, well, like all these things, yeah. does a matter as what, well, how how big is your exposure? <laughs> how likely yeah, is somebody yes. to want to? Which which in? yeah,
1: it's it's got it's got services and things on which we're already broadcasting. So. <laughs> so all they'd find is stuff that was already available. On but
0: internet. of course, one of the reasons not you know people don't only break into machines to steal stuff. Sometimes they break into no. machines to add crypto mining or you know, yes, as I say, various various not used for anything else. Nefarious, so, uh, various other nefarious purposes.
1: So, I have there been you go. thinking. I have been thinking. I needed to upgrade it at some point. So. Perhaps that's coming a bit closer. <laughs>
0: so, there you go. Uh, you should basically update your Mac OS or apply the security update if it's not done um, automatically ASAP. Um, what else? A Mac Rumours have a new study suggests Apple Watch heart rate sensor can predict COVID-19 up to a week before a swab test. Apparently, interesting. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: What does it say? Uh Published in the peer review peer reviewed journal of medical internet research. The Warrior Watch study involved several hundred Mount Sinai healthcare workers using a dedicated Apple Watch and iPhone app for personal health data monitoring and collection. Um, Participants were required to fill out a daily survey over several months to provide direct feedback about potential coronavirus symptoms and other factors. Um, Apparently this ran from April through to September and the main point of focus for researchers was heart rate variability. Which is a indicator of strain on your nervous system. Um, ah, this that's data very point clever. Was combined with reported symptoms associated, such as fever, aches, dry cough, loss of taste and smell. Um, the researchers hope results can help anticipate outcomes and remotely isolate individuals from others at risk without having to perform a physical exam.
1: I wonder how big the study was. Um, it doesn't say, does it?
0: It doesn't actually say. But that's interesting. And it's interesting intriguing, yeah. Um, you know, an intriguing it, thing uh, that Apple could um, it, maybe. It's another include. one of those
1: things that make you realize just how many people have been working on this COVID problem. It seems to have touched in the scientific, industry, uh, scientific um, area so many different bits of tech, technology and. And uh, medicine. It's quite incredible, isn't it?
0: Apparently, according to this, according to TechCrunch, this study will in future expand in order to look at what other wearables can reveal about the impact of COVID 19 on the health of healthcare workers. Um... Oh, Apple right, is okay. currently partnering with the investigators at the Seattle Flu Study and the faculty at the University of Washington School of Medicine to explore how changes in blood oxygen and heart rate can be used as early signals for the onset of influenza or COVID-19. Well, that could be, you know, if that if that research goes, you know, further, you could imagine a bit like, you know, a bit like the heart like rate, like having
1: a, 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 an alert on your watch to say, yeah, it looks well, like I mean, you might have COVID. Yeah,
0: well, you can have. Um, you know they give you alerts don't they for atrial fibrillation and you know possibly too high a heart rate or too low a heart rate or whatever
1: Um, never ceases to amaze me how much they can glean from something that's on your wrist (laughs) Yeah,
0: it's. um, I could imagine that being you know a bit like that rather than saying you know warning Will Robinson you have got the COVID it'd be more a case of you know your watch has collected data which might indicate you should you know yes seek um you know
1: consider seek a test
0: seeking a test yes. or you know um any anything would be i mean any kind of early warning has got to be great because the sooner you isolate the the bad. oh yeah
1: absolutely
0: because that's you know it's the early stages which is where it spreads mostly there we go so yes. that's a that's a good one and um following on this is not um directly but there's been a lot of rumors flying around for some time obviously that apple are working on uh, a way to monitor you know blood sugar via your watch um and people have you know said how's this how's this going to work how are you going to do this um because obviously you know diabetics have to have a blood test don't they have one of those things to stab their finger um apparently a european company is pioneering a bloodless way for people with diabetes to monitor their glucose. Um, the Diamond Tech is developing machines which use lasers and an optical lens to read glucose levels through the skin photothermally. Um, So obviously, you know, we're not talking about something that can go in a watch right this minute, but um, that's quite a big step forward. Um, Yeah,
1: I suppose it depends on how, um, like most of these things, it depends on how accurate it is. Um, true. But if they can do it,
0: but I mean, this is obviously this is a health company, as but you know, a European health tech company. Um, yes, and if
1: they did, they must they must think there's some uh, something in it. Well, I'm pretty
0: sure that um, I mean it's it's been like the kind of holy grail for a long time, hasn't it? You know. Yeah. Uh, you know.
1: Well, I mean, if if you think about it, I mean, the the next step would if if they find a way of doing this, the next step is um, is 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 sort of auto administering. A Treatment of some sort, mm. who knows? That's very uh, clever. What we
0: have here is um, uh, Diamond Tech has developed a lab based version of this system, that has which has been certified for medical use in clinics in Europe. So it's obviously considered, um, you know, all oh, right, okay, effective. Uh, and is working on a handheld device for personal use which could be ready as early as 2022. Good, um. I mean, this has been the holy grail. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. anybody who's a diabetic would tell you that they would pay considerable sums of money to have something that could monitor their blood glucose without having to stick a needle in their finger all the time. Um, yes, absolutely. Not the most pleasant thing to have to do. Stab yourself in the finger with a needle four times a day. Um, uh, no, no. Plus, of course, um, you'd be able to get, I assume, like running readings. kind of almost you know you could be sampled i don't know check you every half an hour oh i see so yeah
1: you'd be able to see you'd be able to see if your sugar levels your insulin levels are falling yeah well or your blood
0: sugars going up or down um
1: yeah that's yeah, you're right. That would be I quite I mean, at the big, moment, really. this
0: machine it just takes a reading, but it says here, a more advanced continuous moder- moderate, uh, monitoring systems to reduce or virtually eliminate the need for finger pricking, but still require an injected sensor. Um,
1: oh, right, okay.
0: So, you know, at the moment, what they're saying is, you know, there are advanced continuous monitoring systems, but, you, you know, you have to have something injected, I assume, into your skin or your blood or whatever. Um, yes. Yeah, a non-invasive blood glucose monitoring system is something that scientists have been um, hunting well, after. Anything that,
1: anything that can improve their their way of life Yes, it has got to be a good thing, hasn't it? So. And um, I was just thinking, you
0: know, we've heard rumours about Apple with this. That proves it can be done, let's put it that way. And in time, yeah. I could see that definitely being something that um, Apple Apple would want to add want to, to add. their portfolio. Mm. And as you say, um, you could, you know, then as a, if you were a, you know, type 1 diabetic or whatever, you might, you could either have an app that tells you, you know, your, your blood sugar has fallen to you Know whatever the level is and like inject now, or maybe you know, some people have those pumps, don't they? Um, yes, like an automatic pump, which so they don't have to keep injecting themselves. Um, yeah, yeah, you, I could imagine Depending a device on there, the severity bit, of the... yes, obviously, obviously, yeah. But I could imagine a device there that being paired to an app on your watch so that when it, you know, when it detects that you're um. Blood sugar has fallen to a you know, not yes, just, you yeah, know automatic a, injection of insulin or it just whatever. Give you give yeah. you whatever it is you need, yeah um so that's good uh you know looking forward, not an actual thing yet, but it does mean that um you know glucose monitoring from your watch is something that might be available in the you know foreseeable future, not too many years out
1: um it makes you It makes you wonder doesn't it whether it is possible that at some point they'll have blood pressure monitoring in the same way i mean i I know there's nothing at the moment. Um, you literally do have to sort of stop the blood flow and all that sort of stuff. But perhaps, you know, the ingenuity of ingenuity. engineers and who knows? Indeed. Indeed, I. In fact, um, I haven't got
0: a link in here, but um, Tim Cook said um he was interviewed. I can't remember where he was interviewed, but he said that you know, zo- as he described it, zooming out twenty or fifty years. You know, I I think um that you know, regardless of all the other things that Apple is known for, we would like to be known um for health and wellness. Yeah, Um,
1: so it'll it'll actually be your your sort of your mini doctor on your wrist kind of thing. Kind of
0: thing, kind of thing. I I mean, you know, obviously there's a lot of money in health. There really is a lot of money in health, but let's face it. I'm sure, you know, any diabetic would happily pay, you know, a moderate sum of money for an Apple Watch, which could monitor their blood glucose and possibly blood pressure.
1: Mm. There we are. Well, I mean, the the fact is it might be worth it at some point, depending on how ill someone is, just to issue one from the NHS, who knows?
0: Well, yes, if you're, you know, if it becomes... A... If
1: it's going to save the NHS a lot of money with you being in hospital... Well, let's face it, yeah. It might be worth it. It
0: might well be worth it. Um, Or, of course, to develop simply a glucose monitoring bracelet or whatever of its own, you know. Yeah, not necessarily yeah. in an Apple Watch, but um, here we are. As I say, um, Apple apparently are offering a free battery replacement for 2016 and 17 MacBook Pros, which will not charge past one percent, according to Nine to Five Mac. Um, I don't know how
1: you're gonna you're gonna notice that, aren't you? <laughs> yes,
0: it's <laughs> um... <laughs> right. obviously an issue. Yes, apparently, following the release of Mac OS Big Sur 11.2.1 with fixes for a bug which prevented MacBook Pro batteries from charging, um, Apple uh. was announced the company will replace the free batteries of 2016 and 2017 MacBook Pros which will not charge past 1%. Um, According to Apple, I wonder this if this is.
1: I wonder is, if this is because they've been damaged by the bug. I don't, I don't know. know.
0: Um, according to a support article, a small number of MacBook Pro users have experienced an issue with the battery refusing to charge past one percent. Um, affected devices will show recommended service message in the battery menu um, on eleven point two point one or the supplemental update to Catalina. Ten, fifteen, seven. um if the mac os indicates your battery needs service apple will replace it for free um yes if your 2016 or 17 macbook pro exhibits this behavior contact apple to get your battery replaced free of charge um you'll like free yeah your computer will be examined prior to service to verify it is eligible for a free battery replacement this problem Shall only affects the 2016 and 2017 macbook pro there we are um I'm assuming that this bug which affected some MacBook Pros and prevented them from charging may have then damaged the battery in some way.
1: Sounds like it, doesn't it? Because all Otherwise, those batteries why, are why all would those, they replace yes. them?
0: <laughs> well the batteries are smart, aren't they? They're supposed to, you know, monitor their health and Yeah, and we and we uses. know
1: from we know from experience with other things like electric cars that um, letting your battery deplete too much so any under one percent i would imagine would be bad because the, the battery doesn't like being that low and uh and it will damage it it's it's like overcharging or undercharging a lithium-ion battery it just yes
0: it doesn't like it so there you go that's the public service announcement if you have that issue contact apple um for a free replacement of the battery um which is good the, the pre-pair uh, dispute about their pear-shaped logo, which we both said was, you know, nonsensical. Bonkers, yes. bit bonkers. I can only assume there's some part of Apple's legal team which say they have to do these things. Um, although, you know, the pear-shaped logo did not, to anybody, could in no way be mistaken for an Apple logo um as we said it's it's hollow and it's a pear and it's green and uh you know it doesn't have a bite out of it or anything um anyway they have come... They were
1: obviously listening they were obviously listening to this show that's what it is uh, yeah let's see um
0: <laughs> apple and prepare reach an agreement on the pear shaped logo trademark um I mean, this thing is for super super healthy kids service. It's um, recipes and digital grocery lists. Anyway, um, Apple had opposed the trademark because its logo is an outline of a pear with a leaf, which Apple said is a copy of its classic logo. Well, I guess these things you have to, you know, in legal terms, you have to contend these, otherwise you weaken your. Dance if somebody tries to do one by, you know, flipping it over or something stupid. Um, both companies were negotiating a settlement. The trial process was suspended, as we reported the other week. Um, Apple has consented to a settlement, which was later confirmed by Prepare. Um, the only request was to have a, cha- a change to the leaf. Um and the leaf is now a sort of drooping down leaf rather than a sideways on leaf shape. Um, there we go. So case settled. Um, good, good. <laughs> we have far too many cases to talk Stupid about. Stupid things like that. Yes. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess that's probably simply corporate you know, has to be done kind of thing. But anyway, they'd come to an agreement. It doesn't appear any money was traded hand, simply could you make a minor change to your logo and we'll accept it. So yeah, um, and there good. we go. So that's a good that's done and dusted. Um not so good, I have to say. Um we're still getting reports, you know, scam iOS apps are raking in millions in revenue on the app store. Um there's been a lot of this after the um there was a guy, a developer whose name escapes me now who, um, he developed a, a watch keyboard, um, and, um, apparently, you know, there are dozens of people, uh, Selling similar apps, which he says basically don't work, they just um and also the sort of things which scam you into paying a ludicrous amount of money per week um yeah by signing you up to uh, subscriptions um and we have here following on from that uh, a developer reveals how fake reviews and ratings play a major role in app store scam apps um which is basically yes that they post ludicrous reviews and um, fake ratings. Um, and I have to say, this is something that has been going on for a long time. And considering how much Apple, you know, tend to lock down the App Store, is um, I don't know how they get away with it. I mean, I know there are millions upon millions of apps in there,
1: but um, it 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 rather reminds me of um that, that film was it from the seventies? Um, yeah, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> if yeah. you build an App Store, then you will get people who try and take advantage of it.
0: Yep, but um, I think this is a problem Except which develops. Yeah, which <laughs> um, you know, which Apple needs to tackle, and it's
1: they do. Yeah,
0: it's you know,
1: there's always going to be a few that sneak through, aren't there? Yeah, sadly,
0: but I, I, I think you know we're talking about more than a few here. I guess it's like those you know, search for anything on the App Store, and you'll find dozens and dozens of apps, many of which look somewhat dubious. If you want my honest opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, true. You know,
0: um, and I don't, I don't, I don't know. Apple are fairly, you know, seem to be pretty rigorous about wanting to enforce their rules. Well, they That's have,
1: but they have been in the past, haven't they? Certainly, we have, they have been in the past. I mean, we know people who have had perfectly uh, legitimate apps who've had who struggled to get their apps on the App Store because Apple have been so tight in it. But you know, we are in a situation now where there are a lot, lot more apps than there ever were. Um, yeah,
0: I don't. I don't. I'm not, I...
1: I'm not. I'm not forgiving Apple. I'm not forgiving no. Apple. I think Apple should step up and they, deal they with should, it. But... They
0: should be dealing with it. Scam apps. You know, apps which blatantly don't work or attempt to charge ludicrous sums of money for a trivial. You know, app that does almost it's nothing. Just,
1: it's, it's just tarnishing Apple's name. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'm not saying it's an easy job though. No. to spot everyone.
0: Well, it's the same thing as the nutrition labels, isn't it? You've got to. Yes. But um, yeah, it it is a problem, and I think it needs addressing. And I'm surprised Apple have not stepped up before. Um, and another one here, I didn't, I don't have a link to. Um, talking about people with legitimate apps being um removed. There was um a story in the week, which I, I didn't I didn't bookmark, which I should have done. Um, about a young um Canadian I think he was a Canadian First Nation um developer. Mm-hmm. And he um had an app uh which was basically word of the day, which would um give you a word in um his tribe's native language. So perfectly harmless, you know, basically every day it would say, you know, the word for, I don't know, whatever, you know, the word for dog in our languages, whatever it is. Um, and Apple, for some reason, decided that it was uh, either a scam or fraudulent or something else and removed it and cancelled his developer account. Um, and uh, he had trouble getting reinstated. I believe he went to a Canadian news outlet who then contacted Apple and Apple looked into it. And issued a full apology. Um, and I can't. Unfortunately, I didn't bookmark it, which was foolish. But Apple did say that they had been removed in error, and they're very, very sorry. And they fully reinstated him.
1: Um, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Because those two, those two stories are almost polar opposites of one another. One is saying Apple isn't strict enough, and the other one is saying Apple, are too, Apple's too strict. <laughs> Or that, or or they're strict in a way that doesn't give developers a chance to plead their case.
0: Yeah, just having a quick uh, see if I can find it. No, no, it was. It, I don't. I don't remember where it was now, unfortunately. But anyway. Um... I suppose it's
1: inevitable with the the size that Apple is now and the size of their services sector that um, it will become more and more difficult for them to police it effectively. Yes, Um, there we go. Again, not excusing Apple. but
0: It seems like a (laughs) strange thing to pull, doesn't it? You know, word of the day. Um. Yeah. It's very strange, but there we go. Um. They pulled it, and then um. When uh, you know, apparently they were not prepared to speak to him about it directly. So you know, that's a bit of a poor show, isn't it? You a bit know, weird. But, mm. There we go. Um. There we go. So. I think our general view at the moment is if Apple needs to do work anywhere, it's on the App Store. Um, we've yeah. said before, I mean, search on the App Store is terrible. Discoverability is awful. And lots of app developers say so. If you don't get, you know, at the top of the charts or highlighted by Apple, um, you, you've got to work really hard to, you know, to get Yeah, anywhere. I think search
1: is the, search is the really big one. If they could just sort out search so that when you search for something, you can actually find it. Yes, I mean, we yeah. we we've both come across occasions where you've typed in the actual name of the app and it still doesn't come up. Yeah. <laughs> and how how the heck search is working? Not to give you the the actual. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, there was one recently, wasn't there, where you had to type in something like the name to actually yes, get it to show. To get it the to app, show
0: up, that... but not the actual name. If you type the actual name, it gave you something wrong. It's crazy, yeah. crazy. I can't remember. Um... No, I can't remember what it was. I mean, search. Oh, wasn't it to do with the COVID? It was something to do with COVID. Wasn't yes, it? it was one of the one of the COVID apps.
1: One of the COVID apps. Yeah. Um, <laughs> talking
0: about search. This is something else. I can't remember which one it is. One of the streaming services I use. Um, its search is incredibly like messed up. There was um, there was a show that uh, my wife wanted to watch. Um, oh, Finding Alice. It's called cool. um oh, I've heard of it, yeah, yeah, it's it, quite a quite a you know, i don't know, it's six episodes or something, sort of a mini series, mm-hmm. um, and it ends, sort just ends, so I assume there's another series to tell the rest of the story coming along, but anyway yeah i I wanted to find it, so I think it might be been on i t v and so I went into the you know ITV Hub app, and I typed in Alice, and it like it couldn't find it. So I typed in find, and then it came up immediately, which was like great. What sort of search engine doesn't use a? It
1: sounds like a bubble sword. You know, <laughs> it's literally what, searching a letter at a time.
0: What sort of you know what sort of search can't find a title with Alice in it? You have to type the first word, <laughs> or what, I not it. modern
1: search engine? Yeah.
0: yeah, it's like, really? Are you having a laugh, ITV? That you can't do a, you know, Boolean search for parts of titles. Anyway, there we are. Um, and um, via the Slack room, I think it might have been Mac Jim who, who put this one in. Um, the first extensible iOS browser called Insight was launched this week um i've got a link to their site and also a story from fast company um which is titled stop using safari and try this breakthrough iphone browser instead um its main claim of course is that uh, it's extensible um and there's a screenshot here saying you know choose your initial extensions picture in picture block probable ads um Recipe sites. Yes, says,
1: I'm, I'm on their web page now, and it says they've got like one of these scrawly, scrawly up and downy web pages, and it's got only Insight lets you block any ad, supercharge search, save money, uh, create and share extensions with no code. Loved by tinkerers, early adopters, and power users. Ooh. But remember, this is um this is the software. Fact, this is the software company writing it that are saying this. Of
0: course. Of course. Yeah. Um,
1: interesting, though. I might have a play. Um,
0: a set of extensions for YouTube essentially replicates the features of the $12 per month YouTube premium subscription, letting you skip ads, download videos for offline viewing, and view videos in picture-in-picture mode.
1: Oh, I that's mean. interesting.
0: Um, other than that, uh, not a huge amount to say it also about... Also
1: says, uh... It also says price history alerts and coupons are automatically surfaced as you shop on Amazon mm-hmm. or directly with the brands you love. Um, oh, sounds cool. I think I might have a play.
0: It might be worth a look. Um current member. Um I think it might have been Donnie who said he downloaded it and had to play, but um he said he couldn't find a way to import um bookmarks from Safari, which if you got oh, a lot a of bookmarks a... is a bit of
1: a That's not um... actually that difficult to do either, is it? I mean No. Um it, I think you, you, I mean, it's easy enough to get Get bookmarks out as a, as a text file, so it shouldn't be hard to code. Mm. Well, it says someone who has no coding experience.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you would not think it to be, um, you know, you, would you not wouldn't have thought it'd be super difficult. Yeah. No, you would not think that that would be terribly difficult to do, export bookmarks. Um, and pretty much the last kind of Apple story um, a security researcher hacked Apple, Tesla, PayPal, and more in a clever open source software attack. Um, from nine to five Mac, um, the attack comprised uploading malware to an open source repository, including pi Pi npm uh, and Ruby Gems, which get distributed downstream automatically into the company's internal applications. Um, Apparently, unlike traditional typo-squatting attacks which rely on social engineering um, or the victim misspelling a package name, this particular supply chain attack is more sophisticated. It needs no action by the victim who is automatically receiving the malicious package. Um, This is because the attack leverages a unique design flaw uh, called dependency confusion. Um, Last year, the security researcher Alex Bursan came across an idea when working with another researcher, Justin Gardner. Gardner had shared with Bursan a manifest file, Package json from an npm package used internally by paypal Um, person noticed that some of the manifest file packages were not present on the public npm repository but were instead in paypal's privately created npm packages used and stored internally Uh, on seeing this the research wondered if he could uh, create a package by the same name in the public NPM repository, in addition to the private J- Node.js repository, which one would get priority? Uh, he found the answer: basically, um, public packages take priority. So, upla- uploading fake um, packages with the same names led to them being automatically downloaded. Um, in some cases, he had to a- add a later version number to trigger a download. Um, of course, the fake packages were actually harmless and Burson has alerted the companies as soon as he got confirmation of successful infiltration. He has received 130k in bug bounties and Apple have confirmed that they will be rewarding him. So, there you go. That's uh, oh, that's good. That's
1: good. That shows um, their bug bounty's working, then.
0: Yep. Um. That's actually a very clever attack. It um, is
1: very clever. Yeah. It, Thank goodness someone else found it. Not... Y- yeah, That's he, a researcher found it rather than Yeah, I assume that, that means that,
0: you know prod- products which use uh, private repositories need to um I guess have a direction which the things you know check only the private repository or those packages. Um but yeah, sneaky and clever. Find out what private packages somebody is using, upload fake malicious ones to uh, public repositories and the next time somebody gets an update, they're downloading that then down instead. Yeah, they're pulling malicious
1: files uh, with whatever. Clever stuff. Um, so there you go. I found out something very unusual last night. Um, I found a word that triggers Alexa without actually getting her to do anything. Okay. Um, and it's not the A lady. Uh, so, uh, yeah, let me try it now. Unacceptable. There you go. <laughs> did you hear it go? Boop, yeah, I did. Yeah, uh, 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 every, it does it every time for the word unacceptable. Oh, it didn't do that time. <laughs> unacceptable. There you go. Yeah, I didn't uh, do uh, or... that. And on the um, on the app, it says, um, "Let me just call it up." It says, uh, "Audio was not intended for Alexa,"
0: so it's actually
1: detecting that as 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 the, it's t- the A detecting
0: word. it as the trigger word, and then and then say, saying, oh, actually, oh, no. actually not."
1: <laughs> Yeah, actually, I mean, don't get me wrong. It does bleep occasionally for no readily apparent reason because it heard, it thinks it's heard the trigger word. But I've never found a word that works almost every time. Which this one. No. Does. I've I've occasionally set Siri off. Yes. I think they all do to a certain extent. But it's, it's usually with Sometimes
0: words, you're saying something very similar to the word you know, I think I set it off by saying, yeah. Are you serious? And it went, What can I oh, help yes. you with? You know. But um you can kind of see the, how that could be misinterpreted. But you but I mean in theory you're supposed to have to say unacceptable
1: aren't mm. quite different words? I don't know that one. you don't. Know who you're doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose what about if you just say acceptable?
1: Acceptable. No, it ignores that. Oh, interesting. Because
0: I was thinking, so it's, the, it's something
1: it? to do with the fact that uh, that the a lady starts with an a, and and the acceptable word with a u at the beginning of it. If yeah. you sort of mean. Um, interesting. Uh, obviously, it's it's it it's something to do with the cadence. I would imagine. I guess so. Of, of your will, voice, because um, I know you can have. Um... Let me let me just try. Let me just try this. Hold on. Unaccept yeah, so I don't actually have to say the whole word. Um, so if I just I don't know that. if I just say up to the end of if I don't, actually let me try without a p accept. Oh no, that doesn't work. That's strange. accept, unaccept, Unacceptable. Oh, that was the one upstairs. Just went off. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, weird. Interesting. Fun yeah. game. A fun game for all the family. <laughs> Come up with words that That's trigger right. your, you know, your you're, you're, hey dingus. Remote um, your voice. Yes. Yeah. Strange. I'll try that on mine later. See if my dot, responds to that. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's my accent. That's well, maybe my accent. Who knows? I will try it later and see if I can. Mine's in the other room, so I can't do it from here. Not without perhaps shouting. We should, perhaps, we,
1: perhaps we should get all the uh, listeners to do it as well. Yeah. <laughs> Just think. Send the conservatives crazy. <laughs> Now, just if that if
0: that's true, just think all the times when people are carefully going, you know, a lady and you know, widget in a tube and smart speaker, and then some. Look, this is just unacceptable, and they all start going off. <laughs> That'd be an annoying, that would be annoying, an annoying thing to. Uh, probably, I mean. <laughs> you used to get that, didn't yeah, yeah. you? When they first and then they they increased the like the voice tuning to make it you tune yes. when you first get it, don't you tune yeah. it more it, to it, your voice? That's
1: right, it does imp- it does improve, it gets used to your voice.
0: But um you used to get these things with people saying it on the radio and whatnot, setting them off. They're less um they're less susceptible to that now. There we are. Yes. So what else we got? Not a lot really uh right well nick and i are going to power through the last few stories um and then wrap the show up so um affinity uh by serif have released version 1.9 um which might not sound uh you know particularly uh stunning but um they've added a, a whole slew of new tools effects um features um I think it was Alistair in the Slack room who said this is outstanding. Um, most other companies would have called this 2.0 and charged you for it. But yeah. It's uh, free. Um, what do they say here? Um, welcome to Affinity 1.9. Performance improvements. Big performance gains when working with large complex vector documents. Um as well as faster IDML import into Publisher, which is uh, interesting. Um, match attributes such as fill, color, stroke, color, stroke, weight, transparency, and blend mode or shape. Um, that is something um, that I have missed. I must admit that's something in um, Adobe Illustrator. There's a, a select same feature. So you can say, for example, you know, select all objects in this, in this document that have a three-point red stroke. Um, right. That, yeah. can, that is when you're working on complicated documents. That can often be a really powerful tool. So that's something uh-huh. I've missed, but um, Affinity have now added that. Um, uh, PDF pass through desktop only. Um, ensures the file will be in perfect representation of the original PDF when exporting, regardless of whether or not you have embedded it or not. Um, Windows GPU acceleration is now available if you're on Windows. Um, basically a whole host of extra uh you know extra um tools um add text on a path in photo uh linked image and resource management for the desktop um a whole load of you know it really is a, a big update i'll
1: be honest it is they've they've i'm just looking a bit further down the page of of and they've uh, def- added lots of re- extra resources in it as well. It's not yeah. just upgraded the software, um, but uh, St-
0: yeah, studio presets for UI layout, desktop only. That's um, in effect the equivalent of Adobe's workspaces, which allows you to have you know create presets for um, you know what palettes you want on the screen. So, uh, oh right, yeah, it's cool. You can, you can yeah, so. You can create a preset of what tools you want for doing different jobs. Um, Text on a path improvements. Uh, Loads, loads. There is a great big... Oh, and also, if you are already an owner, uh, and this is free... Um, if you then register re-register your um you know your license in the new 1.9 app you will get some free goodies that um you can download including six fonts and some uh tools which you get for free cool. simply for registering your your update um it's nice so that's that's good um and at the time of speaking i believe they ask all the affinity apps are still half price by the way. So anybody who's thinking about it, now is your chance. Do 50% it? No, off. Yes. yes, because that's been running for a while, that 50% off. Um, and while the 50% sale is on, um, also most of the... Um, other materials that you can buy, you know brush packs and feature packs and filter packs and all sorts of other things that they uh, sell are also marked down, so you know very good good for affinity um, Pretty good um i did you see i don't think you you said that you didn't see this, but um Alistair, um posted it in the slack room, I think, and um it, it it showed up certainly on Twitter, which I know you don't frequent very much um there's a, a seven screen laptop. Um, I've got a link to Gizmodo here. It was uh I'm pretty sure this is more of a concept piece than um a real thing but <laughs> The photograph of it is insane. It's got like, um, you know, you've it's got like, the...
1: it's like four screens, isn't it? It's like it, there's, there's four screens that, so there's one screen, there's another screen on top of that that's the same size. And when I say on top, I mean standing up above it. Yeah, which and then I assume two screens turn sideways, <laughs> oh, no, the same size again. Yeah, so turned
0: like a triptych, you've got two upright. Or like a you know like a three pane mirror, so you have got two portrait monitors hanging off the yes. side, and then I think there's some other little ones.
1: Uh, yes, there's a couple of smaller, look about seven inch or something like that. Above those,
0: two, three, four, five. I make that six screens according to what oh, I can yeah. see there. One, two, three, four, five, six.
1: Where's the seventh?
0: So anyway, they'd follow the link. There's a photo. that looks like that looks like six screens to me, but maybe there's another one I can't see. Um, oh, is there one? Is there one on the trap? Is there one on the palm rest there?
1: Uh, could be that one in the embedded yeah, in as the if palm it might rest. Be. Might be yeah. a little screen oh, in can there. Can uh, anyway, zoom in the... Oh yes, you can zoom into the. Yes, I think it. Hit... Uh, yes, I think yes. It hit, you
0: know, yes. There's a little screen, well, at least I so assume it's that's just a the right,
1: just to the right of the trackpad. Yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow bonkers, bonkers. Anyway, there we go. Um, yes, so, we did. A, we did. Have,
1: we did have a look at the article about how heavy it was.
0: Yes. Um. Apparently, it's called the Aurora Seven. Uh, it seems lifted from the imagination of a Hollywood prop builder working on a bad hacker flick. It has seven fold-out <laughs> screens. Actually, it doesn't, but that's not quite that's not quite correct, is it? It's got. It looks like it's got five fold-out screens and one in the armrest, by the look of this. Anyway, there we go. Um, apparently it's been created by a UK company called Expanscape. Um, very much a prototype. You don't say. <laughs> Uh, designed to be a truly mobile workstation for everyone from developers to content creators. Dear, oh dear. Um, there's some specs here. Um, oh, here we go. Powered by an Intel i9-9900K processor. 64 gigabytes of DDR4 RAM. NVIDIA GTX 1060 Series graphics. 2 terabytes of hard drive. 2.5 terabytes of SSD, all the ports you could ever need. Um, but the star of the show is its complicated, mosaic of screens.
1: Four. Where seven... the heck? Where the heck are they managed managing to squeeze in a Nvidia GTX 1060 in that? God knows. Um, my I, my, under, my understanding is that's a decent size graphics card. <laughs> where the heck are they getting that in the? Ca- I know the case is thick, but. Wow.
0: Um, it looks basically like most of these screens fold up behind the, you know, traditional laptop screen. Um, yeah. Right, four 17.3-inch 4K LCDs, two in portrait, which are the ones on the side, as like wings, as I say, two in landscape, and three smaller 7-inch screens pushing 1900 by 1200, one located on the laptop's wrist rest. Yes, there we go.
1: God, that's a lot. It's not surprising they need a powerful graphics card for it, because that's a lot of screens to drive. So that's four 4K. Yep, and uh, six uh, 2K screens was it? No, six uh, 4K screens. It's it's
0: four 4K, and then yeah. three what? Basically 2K by the look of it, give or take. Uh right, yes, yeah, seven inch. That's
1: still a lot of. That's a lot of graphics to push, isn't it?
0: That's <laughs> a lot of graphics. That's um.
1: I dread to think how hot this thing gets when you're on it, yeah.
0: um, <laughs> with all those screens. Anyway, That's there we go. A bit bonkers, isn't it? It's a bit bonkers. Um, and it's interesting, I guess, as a concept. But what did you say, Wade? I, I can't find it now. Twenty six pounds. <laughs> Twenty six pounds, um, and it's four point three inches thick when um, when it's folded up. Yeah, you try oh, getting you like that
1: it. through the uh, through the scanners at the airport. <laughs>
0: and i was just saying how how heavy is a macbook air two pound 2.2 pounds something like that yes yeah yeah right um there we go anyway interesting fun concept there a bit of a laugh and um the other thing is um to go with that apparently it has a battery life of an hour which (laughs) which is not really surprising is it i think alistair said when he posted it Blimey, you know, look at this thing. And then by the time you've got it turned on and folded all the screens out, the battery's going to run out. um, And he's probably not far off. But um, I don't (laughs) think, I'll be honest, I don't think that's really intended to be run off the battery, do you? Uh, no. I think that's, I mean, yes. I mean, it's not really a laptop at all. They're calling it a portable workstation. Um, Yes. It's pretty mad. It's pretty mad. But um, there you go.
1: Yeah, if you try using that on the plane, you'd have to keep folding in the outer screens every time yeah. the uh, stewardess went past.
0: <laughs> uh, what did it say? Um, don't get your hopes up for an Aurora 7 being anything close to reasonably priced if and when it ever becomes available to the public. <laughs> mm. I don't think they're really actually intending to sell that to the public somehow.
1: No, I don't think there's a market out there for it myself. But, oh, who knows?
0: Mm, no, who knows? I could, if this sort of rollable screen material that we were talking about that we've seen in, you know, yeah, was at, the, well, at the CES. Maybe. You know, yeah. if you could have effectively something that's just a almost a film and pulls out like a roller blind, that would significantly reduce the weight I would think, yeah. um, if nothing else. Anyway, there you go. I just thought that was uh, amusing and that popped up in our, you know, in our slack room. Um, yeah, it's no surprise this obscene seven screen laptop has a one hour battery life. as the title of that from Gizmodo. Um, Facebook apparently are working on a smartwatch to compete with Apple Watch. Um, I haven't got much to say about that, really, other than... <laughs> really? Are you having a laugh?
1: Gee whiz. Um, well, there you go. I don't know... I, well... I'm sure all those people out there who don't mind giving their information to Facebook will be quite happy to have a Facebook Watch, shall I mean.
0: Yeah, and just give them your blood pressure and your heart rate and... <laughs> Yes, you know your blood glucose and all the rest. Yeah, fabulous. Um, was it yes, ad- I'm
1: sorry you can't come in. I'm sorry you can't come into the uh, country. So you're you're not well enough.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. Mac Jim said. Yeah, the Facebook biggest, told us the biggest the biggest drawback is it. And you have to watch three ads before it will tell you the time. <laughs> there we go Um, last couple of little things then Um, this is uh, 9to5Google have said barcode scanner app with over 10 million installs which isn't huge I admit turns out to be adware Um, apparently a popular bar scanner app or um Android uh, malwarebytes has found that the barcode scanner enables you to quickly scan QR and barcodes was riddled with adware and has been removed from the Play Store. So there you go. Um, so what is what is malicious adware? Um, what, what, usually. What do I mean by
1: malicious adware? Um,
0: right. A recent up. Apparently, it started out um, as a perfectly harmless free utility which did exactly what it was advertised to do. However, a Mm -hmm. recent app update introduced a Trojan which will open your device browser Uh and a website which will show you malicious pop-ups.
1: Oh, that's malicious, yes. <laughs> mm, yeah,
0: well, that's what tends to be what those things do. And they do—they tend to do horrible things, don't you? Like uh, redirect your browser search to some dodgy search site riddled with
1: Ah, uh, right, that kind of thing. Pop-ups yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah.
0: So um, there we are. Um, so mm. it's, uh, you know.
1: It's another story that follows up from what we were talking about earlier, really, about um, yeah. Apple. Yeah, I mean, things did, carefully. Yeah,
0: Um I don't know what to say about that. It would appear, to some extent, you know, whether the app developer is, um, you know, responsible for that or somebody has managed to inject something into his code somehow. Um, Maybe. Who knows? It doesn't, you know. Because it would seem strange that you would, you know, sell something for a while and then decide to insert a load of malicious adware into it. There we go. It does, yes,
1: it does seem a bit strange,
0: there we are. Uh, but just proves it can apple happen. Uh, we know, you know, Google are less rigorous than Apple, but you know, with millions and millions of apps, it's a Herculean task to uh, police them on top of them all
1: yeah i mean i'm sure there are algorithms that run against most apps to check for some common things yes but in the end you need a human looking at it don't you to say hold on a minute hold on a minute what's this
0: what's this this here here, then exactly hello 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 (laughs) what's going on here then ah um and this this one's uh also um quite unpleasant uh, from Fast Company browsers are rushing to stop shadowy super cookies spying on your activities um and we looked this up didn't we Nick while we were uh, taking a break um there's a new internet threat in town and browser makers are rushing to keep it from invading users' privacy. Um latest to join the fray, Mozilla rolled out an update for Firefox to combat the rise of what is known colloquially as super cookies. Um and as it says here, uh super cookie um is described as uh anything which is not actually a cookie but acts like one. Um and they are of course designed to be irremovable and um not blockable and to track you everywhere you go um super cookies are yeah, they're, engineered
1: they're basically they're like cookies but they they avoid they purposefully avoid privacy protections.
0: They're a a Um, get-around. They are engineered to pull off a traditional cookies job without actually ringing the the browser's privacy alarm. They allow third parties to identify and follow you when you surf the internet, irrespective of which site you go to. Unlike traditional cookies you cannot shut them off or delete them uh, or any of the piles of super cookies already on your machine advertisers often pair these super cookie data with other forms of tracking to accurately build a profile of your interests thank you very much yeah um apparently um the breed of super cookie particularly catching tech companies attention has to do with abusing browser cache space um and um, obviously we all understand how caches work basically if you visit a website a lot um you know certain elements of that like for example a a header image or the fonts it uses or um, other assets can be stored in your browser cache so that you don't have to fetch them every time you go there um it's a simple feature, existed on browsers and many other apps for years, and it's easy to see why. Yeah, Local caches save trips to the server, preserving bandwidth, and help the browser load quicker. Um, in the last couple of years, caches have been abused to embed super cookies, in particular cross-site shared cache partitions. Um, as it says here... If yeah. You...
1: Before... Uh, I've just suddenly noticed something a bit further down. Before everyone gets absolutely terrified of super cookies, yes, yes. it does actually say... Apple updated its browsers to prevent the use of cookies in 2019, and yes. Google ruled out similar fix late last year with the Chrome 86 release.
0: Indeed, and now Mozilla have joined in. Um, browsers are fighting back. Um, yeah, Apple updated its browsers, as you say. Uh, Chrome 86, um, which rolled out to Microsoft Bromium Edge. Uh, and Firefox 85 cracks down on super cookie tracking methods. Um, all these browsers have begun to maintain a separate cache for each website, which means the ca- a cached image A will only be retri- retrieved from the original website. Because what they were doing is saying, if image A appears on site 1 and also on site 2, they could, uh, you know, use your cache To fetch that and track you, Um,
1: but because they're now doing it by sight, it won't. uh, It won't. Well, we'll it will
0: cut down on it. Um, as it says here defending user user privacy is an ever shifting goalpost for browsers Uh, tech companies such as Google and Apple are phasing out or blocking several technologies including cross site trackers third party cookers and more which have had a reputation of being abused by advertisers and tracking companies so there we are
1: Um, I can only say one thing have at you super cookies
0: yes away (laughs) with you super cookies a curse
1: upon your family (laughs) <laughs>
0: yes, indeed. Um, on thy belly shalt thou go. Um, <laughs> yes, not pleasant. Just shows that um, as fast as you know, people try as to protect yeah. you. You know, other people are deliberately attempting to find ways to get round that. It's a bit of the old um, battle axe versus armor. Um. Mm ever shifting um you know ever shifting seesaw of <laughs> attack and defense there we are um and last of all, because I think we're nearly done now, Nick, we have um via nemo a uh, worth a chirp, the Hubble for iPad um and the Hubble yeah, this is
1: quite uh, this is quite interesting good, isn't
0: it, it? um yeah. Hubble for iPad is a case. Come, um expansion dot um it's available for the 10.9 inch ipad air 2020 uh 11 inch ipad pro 2018 to 20 and the 12.9 inch ipad pro 2018 to 20 um <sighs> The best way to describe it, I think, is if you imagine something like a Mophie Juice Pack for your iPhone. That's that's what it's like. The iPad goes into it, and then there's what looks like I don't know what an inch and a half of extra chin introduced by the um yeah by the right, case. That's right.
1: Um, that's where all your ports live.
0: Yes, where all. The so ports basically,
1: if you're if you're if you're the kind of person who uses your iPad as a a work device with a keyboard and maybe a mouse. Um, then this might be useful for you because it's got lots of ports on it.
0: Yes, it says here uh, a travel switch for turning off the hub when not in use, a USB-C port for charging, a USB-C port for data transfer, a USB-A port for data transfer, SD card reader, micro SD card reader, HDMI port supporting up to 4K at 60Hz, and a 3.5mm audio jack for the people in the world who aren't ready to go to wireless audio um so
1: i hadn't i hadn't noticed the hdmi so that's quite good i think you could drive a larger screen off it as well
0: mm. it's mm. it's a nice looking thing it's um i don't know what it's actually made of but it looks like it's made from milled aluminium to be
1: honest yeah it does look like aluminium yeah um, i say whether it is or not i don't know
0: comes in space gray or silver so um and it starts at a hundred dollars which I don't think that's bad, actually, a little bit pricey, no. but looking at the you know what assuming that's milled aluminium, which is what it looks like um it it's nicely styled it looks you know it looks nice um I would say that that you know if you are interested in having a dot slash case. I mean, we've seen I've seen other docs for for the iPad. Um, iPad. Some are nicer than others. Uh, if you're going to make use of this, I think it's rather nice actually. Just kind of put the iPad in it. Actually, and get it doesn't extra.
1: say it's aluminium. I'm I'm reading a review on CNET. Uh, okay. It doesn't say it's aluminium. It just says it's a metal shell. Okay. Well. Um, and the fabric-bound articulated cover, which attaches back magnet- magnetically to the back.
0: Well, it actually, it says on here take your iPad looks to new heights encased in space age aluminium, machined to the ah, exact specification okay. to meet the iPad dimension. There hmm.
1: we go. So it is aluminium.
0: It is aluminium, and it's available in Apple Silver or Space Grey. Um,
1: oh, and yeah. now I've just seen another picture of it now, and it sort of allows your Apple logo to show through the back. It's got a little circular. Yeah,
0: it's got a cut circular tape. cutout for the Apple logo and um, a square cutout for the camera array. Um, I say, if I uh,
1: use my if I use my iPad like this, I'd be tempted by it, but <laughs> I, I just don't. But uh, no,
0: I'm not an yeah. iPad user. But um, you know, if you if you use your iPad partially as a you know laptop replacement,
1: pseudo desktop desktop, um, yeah, laptop rather. Yeah.
0: I would say that this is probably one of the nicer sort of dock type expansion port things I've seen. It's
1: yeah, it's neat.
0: Uh, hundred dollars. Or if you have the... Twelve point nine inch iPad Pro, it's hundred and ten dollars. Which I'd say it's not necessarily cheap, but it's you know, not shockingly expensive.
1: Um Yeah, I mean if you're gonna if you're gonna buy a port, an extent an extension port, say for your Mac Mini, you might pay, I don't know, fifty or sixty quid for it anyway, wouldn't you? Yeah. And this is also protects the iPad. So um, I think that's a fair price.
0: It says here requires a USB C charger rated at more than ten watts to charge the Hubble with the iPad. We recommend you use your Apple OEM charger shipped with your iPad, which seems quite sensible. Yeah. There we go. Well, Nick, I think that's probably everything for today. So um, we'll wrap the show up. We'll wrap the show up. Um, Nick will now tell you where he is very rarely found.
1: (laughs) Yes, I'm I'm mostly found at home actually these days, but, uh, but then a lot of us are. Um, So, yes, you can find me occasionally on um, Twitter, just very occasionally. Um, I'm Spligosh on there, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H. You can hear me occasionally over on um, Bart's uh, Let's Talk Apple. Uh, And you can also um, see some of my – I actually put a service out this weekend, so I've been doing some video editing. So uh, you also find me on the uh, Sutton Park circuit um, doing some video-like things. (laughs) Uh, Actually, I was on this week as well. You can see me. Doing a couple of prayers if you if that kind of thing floats your boat.
0: Excellent. Okay. Um the link for that is in the show notes uh and under Nick's, uh bio, I believe. Yes. Yeah, Sutton Park Circuit Worship on YouTube. The link is in the, yeah, that's the one in, in the show notes. Uh I, of course, can be found on Twitter as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. The show is at Essential Apple. Um stuff, all the stuff lives over at EssentialApple.com and uh, that's about it uh, thank you as ever to everybody in the slack room um, where we get a lot of stories as you might tell uh, thank you to everybody who supports us in uh, you know, a variety of ways retweeting our stuff and uh, spreading the word and uh, I think with that we will say until next week goodbye goodbye <laughs>
1: Hey David, this week on Tech Fan, let's talk about Apple. I uh, don't like it. Yeah, okay. Uh Windows? We could talk about Windows. Ring. Um yeah, you know there's there's a lot of cool things in 3D printing going on. We could we could talk really? about cool. I uh, don't think so. I, I, what about like uh Raspberry Pi? We've we've discussed that in the past. It's Tech Fan. No. Uh, you're you're just being difficult. Now, what do you want to talk about this week on Tech Fan?
0: How about we talk about Apple, and then a little bit about Microsoft, and then the Raspberry Pi?
1: You They've just added a, uh, a preview mode to Ecamm Live, which is quite good. So people have been asking for it for a while. So that means you can prepare stuff in advance before it goes live, whereas up until well up until it's still in beta but before this beta you couldn't do that basically anything you dragged in or whatever was live being broadcast as it were Mm. so they've now brought in a a preview mode where you can prepare stuff beforehand and then just flick across to that into the live mode as it were all right, which is quite quite useful. Sounds uh, sounds handy. Yeah, well, particularly if you're doing stuff like, um, so say for instance for church, and we've got the words of a hymn up, um, and say you've you've just got a document with all the hymns in. Um, if you were using the old way, what you'd have to do is go through the words of the hymn as people sang it, and then switch to another scene, and then when you switch back to that scene, you'd have the last verse of the previous hymn because you couldn't change the uh, the words without actually having it live but with the preview mode that now means i can put it into preview mode and change it to the first verse of the next hymn, (laughs) and then the next when we get switched back to that scene then it's showing the right words uh, that's really quite useful
0: oh yeah well (laughs) i should think so rather than getting the last verse of the last hymn.
1: yeah i mean uh, i mean the whole the software is designed really for um I mean, I think a lot of churches do use it, but I, I think it's mostly designed for people doing their own podcast. you know, their own vlogs. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in which case, you know, if it's live all the while, then um, you might not have any need for that. But, uh, but they are quite good. It's a couple of brothers who have written the software and... Um, they seem to be quite responsive to their community. So that's well, good.
0: That's always good, isn't it? It's what you want. Yeah,
1: that's right. So the, the stuff they're adding is what people have asked for. So yeah. Well, but apparently, this has taken quite a rewrite to put well, in this. I
0: it, would think so, yeah.
1: Yeah, they've had, you said they've had to. It's probably about sort of 60% of the code base has had to be rewritten Redone, <laughs> to make to this allow preview it. thing work. Yeah.
0: Well, that's good, you know. I think because the thing is, often and developers say this, don't they, that, you know, you start something and you've got an idea and whatnot, and then you never know which direction users are going to go with
1: it. And then that's right. Yeah, they could use you, it in a way you hadn't anticipated at all. You know,
0: like that. So, yeah, you've probably got people saying like that, you know, can we have a preview mo- mode so we can feed stuff in? You know, like you want to do, which is probably as you say, yeah. if they designed it originally for vloggers or whatnot, or YouTubers or whatnot, expecting it, it's basically going to be all live content.
1: That's I mean, right. Um, yeah. Somebody. Says I mean, to you him, could switch on, you could switch on overlays and things like that, but you couldn't actually do anything with yeah. the overlays. No. When they weren't on screen, so you you could literally edit it live if you wanted to. That's not quite as uh, slick as no. uh, making changes to it. The other thing they put in, which was quite good. Uh, not long ago is a, is a, an interview mode. Uh, so they were using Skype originally, which worked very well. Um, and that was built in natively into the, into the application. Right. Um, but they've now built their own. So, I mean, it's a subscription service. Um, and uh, but now you get so many hours free of this interview mode and all you do is send someone a uh, a web link. Right. And they click on the web link. And then as long as they've got a camera and a microphone, um, they, 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 they come into a meeting room, into a, like a meeting room. And then you can bring them in one at a time or all together or you can have up to four and yourself. I think. Well, that's not bad, is it? No, no, I think that's quite clever, really. Uh, the the only thing that the pe- people have already asked for, and which would be useful, is being able to talk to people in the meeting room, but not live. At the oh, moment, like, you yeah, can't like do a, that. Like a back channel. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I think they're going to add that as well at some point.
0: As I mean, Discord even on discord i don't know if you can do like private messages between people you can have you can text between people yes in the, room in the back chat. but you can right?
1: imagine if, if you're bringing if you if, if you've got some people in, a, in a, like in a meeting room setting it would be really useful to be able to go in and say okay we're going live in 10 minutes you'll be on first you'll be on second mm. no all that's a actually before you're live that's not a problem but if no. there's if there's a if there's something that happens during your live broadcast and you need to change things you've got no way of talking to the people in the the back channel at all. No,
0: no, you need something, even if it's text.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, so yeah, it's good. I I do love having software that that evolves. Yes. The
0: sort of things I do on my laptop are often laptoppy things, if you know what I mean. I know Um, exactly what you mean.
1: Yeah, I did, because I do exactly the same. I, you know, if I'm going to do video, um, if I'm going to edit video like I was yesterday, um, then having this nice big screen is very useful for that. Um, so it's the first time I've actually used DaVinci Resolve on this screen, and it's great. You just have so much; um, it fills the screen, but yeah, I mean, you just have so much space for everything. Yep. Oh, I saw, um,
0: Well, I saw. I saw one the other day on. I think it was a tweet. One of these sort of fabulous setup type tweets. Yeah. And this bloke has got something was like a, get how wide it was, like 43 inches wide or something? Was a yeah, I think the biggest, of
1: ones are, the biggest ones are 49, which is which is very big because, I mean, this... So I've got quite a, a decent-sized desk here. It's a full-depth desk, so, you know, it's got plenty of depth to it. And the screen is probably got six inches on either side of it, and the screen fills all of that space apart from six, inch, six inches on either side. So a 49 would probably not quite fit on this desk which is you know you've got to have a decent sized desk for it let's put it that way if i can find it um but i do like the extra width i must admit i i like the fact that i can fit lots of things on my screen now i mean for instance at the moment i've got wire open and it's taking up um, less than a third of my screen but you know a good chunk and then i've got the the show notes open and that's also as, wi- as wide as a standard screen and then i've got pietzo sitting off to one side uh, and there's still room on the screen for more so yeah, yeah I'm very pleased with this I'm glad I went for it Yeah. and it's a 2 I say it's a 2K screen not a 4K and I can't tell any difference with my eyes it looks fine <laughs>